And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Dynasty Football Podcast. Ryan, say what's up to the people, man. It's good to be back. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, finally got done with the with the recap of the 2022 draft and all the mocks that we've taken care of. Uh, so now we get to get into my favorite time of the year. All the buy sells. And of course, just like we did last year, we're going to start out with quarterbacks. Uh, we have a special guest tonight. Steven, you want to introduce and bring him on in the stream? Yeah, man. Uh, special guest on the podcast tonight. Uh, What's up? Yeah, we don't follow each other here on Twitter, but you know, I mean, maybe that'll change. But Hutchison yeah, Brown over here, right now, uh, actually. You see the Twitter. You see the Twitter feed here. Uh, Hutch, can you tell us where to find your work at? Where we can find you at on Twitter? Where we can find your Dynasty content at? So yeah, you guys. I mean, you can. Everyone can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Hutchison B underscore FF, and you can find all my content from there. Pretty much. I mean, I work with DLF with football guys. Uh, I have my own Patreon account, and I'm also recently, this is a recent thing, me and Luke Sawhook, if you guys don't know who that is, you should follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Me and him recently partnered together to start a podcast together, Hooked on Fantasy. So uh, we recently released our first episode. It's pretty much where you find podcasts, so check it out. We'd appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I'm really just a teenager trying to make his way in the fantasy football space. I started in the industry two and a half years ago when I was 14. So uh, I've been uh, just grinding and working, trying to find yeah. a space in the fantasy football industry. Yeah, it's tough to get in here. Me and Ryan started about two years ago, and our platform has drastically grown over the two years. Uh, and we got our golden ticket. Uh, we are playing in the Scott Fish Bowl. So before we get started yeah, on man. our high content, uh, can we, you guys want to talk about how your teams are going, how your draft's going? I actually haven't started my draft yet. I am drafting live in New York this Saturday, so I don't really have much to speak on that. I mean, I've got the 101. <laughs> I know who I'm taking, but I don't. I don't know. I haven't drafted yet, so I I can't say anything. <laughs> got you, got you. Fair enough, Ryan. Me and you have a pretty similar team build. Uh, I didn't plan on it being that way, but it, it's pretty pretty similar, man. I can't lie. Yeah, it actually bothers me how similar it was. We both had <laughs> JT fall to us at two eleven. We're dropping out of the two spot, respectfully. I'd, I honestly, I never in the, all the mocks I've done, all I've seen, I've never seen, never really seen. Trevor Lawrence, or excuse me, Trevor Lawrence, good Lord. Um, Jonathan Taylor fall to that point, but I'm taking them there happily. Um, so yeah, I guess absolutely. my start was Allen, JT, Brees, and Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm up, I'm up to – as far as I made it. I'm up to round. I made my five and six pick. I had, Jonathan, or I had Josh Allen, JT, Daniel Jones at 311, Najee Harris come back at 4-2, J.K. Dobbins at 5-11, and Keenan Allen at 6-2. I really want to I love I love those starts I want to shout out Daniel Jones specifically he is someone that I think is a really nice value in these drafts because when you look at the quarterback position in this league scoring well when you look at the running back scoring the rushing bonuses are boosts and that also goes to the quarterback position yeah, so rushing quarterbacks we always talk about it it sometimes it feels like it's even overstated sometimes that rushing quarterbacks are Konami code in fantasy football you see those guys like you know uh, Josh Allen Jalen Hurts Justin Fields uh, at the top of fantasy football but this year in the sky fishbowl even more because running backs or rush attempts get 0.25 points so that's yep. four rush attempts equals one full yeah. point and one point per first down and daniel yeah. jones was a top five play at quarterback in first downs last year when you look at rushing first downs like mm -hmm. daniel jones he's still going as a quarterback too i think he's yeah. easily gonna finish as a quarterback one in this scoring format like he yeah, set up that, so getting him at that point is really nice me too. And I have, I mean, obviously, I think we all can agree here. I have an uptick in touching pa or passing touchdowns, touching, wow, shoo, passing touchdowns as well. I mean, last year with 15, um, I, I can predict, more, easily yeah. predict at least 25 for him. 
Um, also, no negative points for turnovers. And, you know, I mean, that's Daniel Jones kryptonite. So I like this format there. I was very happy to get him there. Um, but Ryan had a tough decision before we get started. Uh, would you have taken Richardson at the 4-2 or would you have taken Daniel Jones? I would have taken – I mean – you know, Richardson, the thing is, he he is one of the best athletes we've ever seen at the quarterback position. That's, you know, something that could be really, really good in this league, as I just mentioned a second ago. But I think that the fact that he might not start week one and the fact that he could be one of the more abysmal rookies we've seen in a while as a passer, <laughs> like, I think I would take Deion Jones. He's more established as the starter in that offense. You know he's going to start a good amount of games. I do think there potentially is some more upside with Richardson if he really comes out and, and guns blazing and has a really solid rookie season. Stane Schneiken uh, really develops him well this offseason. We could see a nice season, but I think Daniel Jones is the better bet to make there. So, yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I would take Daniel Jones over Anthony yeah. Richardson. But that is a, that's a very fair debate because especially in the Scott Fishbowl, you're looking at a tournament with thousands of people. You want yeah. upside, and Anthony Richardson really holds that. But I think, I think the risk, I, I think the there's still plenty of upside with Daniel Jones with the rushing capability. So I think Daniel Jones yeah. is the safer bet, to, the better Absolutely. bet. Absolutely, I completely agree. My exact thoughts is like with Richardson, it's like you either get his four or ceiling. I really don't think there's going to be an in between. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely go to the Scott Fishbowl with the strategy of like, hey, if I'm going to like do anything, make playoffs, be a different team out of these like what thousands of teams like you have to be a little bit different i was gonna go with richardson nick there but like i said the thing that broke the most back was like we're hearing rumors he might not start beat one like i really can't afford that like i don't want to start gardner Minshew for the first four weeks in the scott fishbowl when like end of the day it comes down to like average score per week if you're having like gardner Minshew bring that down for four straight weeks it's gonna be hard to get that back up um so that's ultimately the decision I made to go with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all, yeah, I was for it too. Um, but since we're talking QBs, man, let's get into it. Our buy, sell edition, buy, sell QB dynasty edition. Um, Ryan, I want to start start off because I have a very special place in my heart for this QB this offseason. Seriously, I've been trying to get him everywhere. Um, to attack of Iloa is one of my biggest buys in dynasty. Um, now, you know, you have to spend money to get money. You have to you can't you have to play dangerous in dynasty football at times. If it pans out, the peripherals are great for Tua. Look at Tua. Last year, top three in the league in QBR. Q, yards per attempt, yards per completion, uh, deep ball percentages, things like that just stand out to me when it comes to this offense. I love what Mike McDaniel has here. I love his weapons here. I love I love Tua's ability to have, you know, he played very well last year. He 25 to 8 TD to interception ratio. On top of that, too, you're talking about the games missed. That's a huge thing. Tua, Tua played at QB8 points per game last year. I think Tua's a buy. Tua's going to die, like Dynasty 14, QB 14, 13 in that range. I think Tua's an extreme buy. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. I mean, Tua is yeah. a really, really nice buy. I mean, through the first, I, mean, I feel like people forget through the first few weeks of the season what he was doing. So in weeks one through 10, he didn't play all the game, but in the games he fully played, here was week he finishes. He was QB 23 in week one, but then QB 2 in week two, and the rest of the week, 7 through 10, were QB 11, QB 1, QB 4, and QB 3. And then the bye week happened in week 12. He suffered a thumb injury and just never played the same since then. But with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddell in this offense, and with Devon Achan, who is a electric player, if you get him screen passes, he's going to do some damage. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa set up really nicely in this offense. The only thing is, can he stay healthy? 
and I, I I don't I don't I don't know. I feel like that's just like a thing that is happens with a lot of football players. It's a risk with a lot of football players is injury and health risk. I think I'm willing to take that shot. He is going a little bit later in dynasty draft and dynasty rankings. Like when I'm looking at my rank, because I do him ranked my quarterback nine, and he is going around QB thirteen, QB fourteen, depending on who you're playing with. So yeah. yeah, he's a he's a really nice value right now. I love Tua. The only point of note I have, like I used to be like anti Tua. I've definitely turned that corner. The only thing that really concerns me with him is like I feel like he's like one or two back concussions away from like a pretty rough situation with like going forward yes, in his career. Yeah. Especially because he hasn't signed that second contract yet. The concussions worry me a little bit. He had two major ones last season and put, made him lose major It time, is kind of his so. make or break year for him this year. This yeah. is kind of the year for him. He's really got yeah, to step he, up. Lost that second if he contract. doesn't play at Paul Brown Stadium, I feel like Paul Brown Stadium has been known for concussions like in these last couple of years. Like, keep him out of Cincinnati and we're good. <laughs> but. To it to me just stands out as a, as a QB you want. Um, especially like, you know, when you're working with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the deep ball percentage, it stands out as a top three completion. The yards per attempt, you know, the yards per targets for the receivers, like it just stands out as an explosive offense. Um, and you know, I mean, I know this, I know the division is rough when it comes to playing defenses and things like that, but they hung he hung up six touchdown passes on the Ravens. And I mean, there's standout games last year that make me think like this dude could be a QB one that I could build around at a QB two price. Yeah. Absolutely. But absolutely. Ryan, who you got, buddy? Oh, I've been waiting a long ahead, time. Man. Take it, dude. This is your floor now, baby. This time. is what you do. Um, nah, um, so here's the thing. Everybody's so down on Kyler Murray. I've heard people discredit him to the point saying that he's not even going to be on the Cardinals roster next year. Um, his, he's fallen down boards in Dynasty. I think in Dynasty, the most important thing is, yes, he did have a major injury. Yes, he will come back. Um, whether it is or not, I bought him twice. I can't remember what the first trade was, but the, I traded him for Kirk Cousins and Judy, and I got Murray in a second. Um, I'm taking Murray in that situation every year. He's never finished outside top 10 quarterback. Um, points per game and in season, and that's despite missing a few games in 2021. Now, obviously, he didn't finish top 10 last year, but he missed most of the season. Um, never had a season under 4,000 total yards, meaning passing and rushing. Um, he's just electric outside the pocket. I don't think the talent goes anywhere. Um, I think he'll be fine. I just I don't I don't understand the hatred he's gotten in this offseason when he was going in startups in the first round last year. And now he can you can get him for like dirt cheap. Yeah, he's he's a really really a tough one because I I heard you say that it's kind of crazy that people are saying he could be on another roster next year. I don't see that as very crazy to me, honestly. I mean, the Cardinals are going to be an awful team next year. They're going to be one of the worst teams, arguably having the number one overall pick, and they also have the Texans' first round pick. They have yeah. all the firepower in the world, even if they don't get the first pick with their own or with Houston's. They have all the firepower in the world to trade up the first pick and draft Caleb Williams. And we know yeah. Caleb, he's not Caleb Williams is not just your Joe Schmo first overall pick. He is not Joe Schmo. The first overall pick is a great pick, but he is a difference making talent. Like Caleb Williams is going to be a generational player. Like he's some, he's a prospect that people are going crazy over and as they should. I mean, he is a fantastic quarterback. He's one going to be one of the better prospects we've seen in quite a while. Uh, like he's fantastic. And I would not be surprised if they took the shot and drafted Caleb Williams. Now, not saying that Kyler Murray would be on the bench. They would trade him away. And yeah, probably not, not 
What? He'll find another roster somewhere. Yes, he'd be on another yeah. roster. I would predict if he were to be traded, I would probably say Atlanta. Uh, if Desmond Ritter doesn't really work out, or if you send him to the Vikings because Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent in 2024 and they might not want to resign him to another franchise tag. He, Kirk Cousins yeah. has been living off that franchise tag, but they might want to assign him long-term so they could trade for Kyler Murray if they wanted to. But I, I don't think that's very uh, crazy if to think that Kyler Murray would be off the roster next year. But I do agree with you. He is a buy in dynasty. When he's on the field, he's just electric fantasy because he runs the football. He is so... Yeah explosive with his legs and he also has a cannon for an arm he really does he can chuck it down the field i am concerned this year though i feel like if you're a competitor this year in your dynasty league i feel like this is not a year you want to have kyler murray he might not start week one and adding on to that an acl tear is not going to be helpful to his running game it's just not even if he comes back healthy he's not going to be 100 he's not going to be running the football like we want him to yeah so i would be more buying kyler for the long-term game maybe he does move to another team maybe right. he doesn't replace the stays with the cardinals forever maybe that happens we don't we don't know what's going to happen with him but i wouldn't be buying him for the hopes that he makes an impact this year i would just not be doing that because that that's just not a smart bet to make yeah. but i do agree kyler is he is very undervalued by some in dynasty yeah when i think about it um Let's just go up the last startup we did, Ryan. I believe you got Kyler Murray. I want to say late third, early fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his yeah, ADP is like the early I third right now, most drafts. I got, a, I got a mid fourth early in the all mid four, mid four. Okay, yeah. let's go with mid four. So I'm assuming anywhere from QB sixteen as the latest he went. QB fifteen. Let's go fifteen. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to me. That's beyond crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so you're putting him in the likes of like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Russ, Kenny, Jordan Love. That's not really fair to him. That's not fair. That's we can get, you know, what I mean, we can do that. That's just that doesn't make any sense to me. Like in certain certain startups. Um, I mean, more around like Daniel Jones, Geno Smith range. Yeah. You know, like, we, yeah we, more around there, but. Yeah, yeah, he is disrespected. Yeah, we can go with that. That's what I say. That's an extreme disrespect. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray, like you said, is electric. He's never been. He's never finished less than QB ten in points per game, or as a total season finish uh, instead of last year. So I totally agree there. Um, Hutch, do you have any QB you want to talk about as a buy? So QB buy, I really want to discuss. I mean, there's one out there that I think. I know it's it might sound gross and it might not sound fun, but he's kind of being drafted. I feel like at a price where it's just worth the shot. I want to talk about Russell Wilson. This is not a player I talk about a ton on Twitter and a ton on podcasts, actually, but something that's more recently come to my mind where it's like, man, Russell Wilson's somebody that's just being really undervalued, especially in redraft, but in dynasty as well. I think he's being significantly undervalued. Russell Wilson played awful last year. The Denver Broncos were a horrific nightmare last year on offense, but Everything that could have gone wrong for Russell Wilson last year went wrong around him. I mean, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy both missed at least six games last yeah. year, as far as far as I remember. Javante Williams tore his ACL pretty early. Oops. That came in for my wife. I apologize. Sorry. No, you're good, man. Don't worry about it. But um, yeah, we got Javante, you know, very early tore his ACL and other knee injuries, and he's he's gone. Tim Patrick tore his ACL before the season started. KJ Hamler was injured. He barely played. Like, you had a lot of things go wrong for this offense. And the offensive line couldn't stay healthy at all either. There were so many injuries on that line, so many switch-ups and changes. Uh, we were talking about it with – it's the same thing that happened with the Eagles in Jalen Hurts' first year fully starting. 
where the offensive line, it was like 14 different combos. And we talked about it with Miles Sanders as well. Miles Sanders had a down year that year, but then next year, the offensive line stayed healthy. They were elite offensive line, and Miles Sanders scored a ton of touchdowns. It's a great fantasy asset. And look at Jalen Hurts and where he's at now. Russell Wilson, and adding all along to that, just not just the skill players around him, the offensive line. If they stay healthy, he's set up for more success. But adding on, Sean Payton is now the head coach. And we know Sean Payton is an offensive genius. And, you know, some people like to argue that Russell Wilson's a shorter quarterback. He worked with Drew Brees. Sean Payton did work with Drew Brees, who was a shorter quarterback. Yeah. And Sean Payton worked with Drew Brees when he had some arm, arm strength concerns later in his career. Sean Payton knows how to work with quarterbacks with certain weaknesses and work around them. He really is an offensive genius. And he is going to do, he's going to put Russell Wilson in the situation where he can succeed. So if Russell Wilson truly is not washed, he's going to absolutely smash his ADP right now as like quarterback 20 to 24 off the board. That is just nuts. That's just not it. He's got to be higher than that. Uh, so I, I think that Russell Wilson's a really nice buy in dynasty right now, especially because in redrafts, he's being drafted around the same area around quarterback 18 to 20. And I think people forget you know, he wasn't QB 35 last year in fantasy. He was QB 20. He was QB yeah. 20 last year. He was yeah. actually a QB two for fantasy leagues. Like he, yeah, was... and he's being drafted around there right now. Yeah, and for the Broncos, it was historically bad last year as an overall season. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there was a lot of negatives that played out around him. I mean, we, you know, it's a huge list. Um, the biggest thing, though, on, on top of Sean Payton was the revamp. Oh, you know, you bring in Mike McGlinchey. That's a huge pickup there. Uh, they they want to bolster the O-line. Samaj mm -hmm. P. Ryan, they bring in him to give Javante that time he needs if he's not 100%. Um, these, these ankle injuries always tend to find Jerry Judy. It's very, it's very unfortunate. But Jerry Judy, to me, is one of my breakouts pegged. Uh, love Jerry Judy this season going into it. He's 100% healthy. Um, we'll see the role Greg Dolchich plays. I I like the Marvin Mims pick. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of situational things around Russ that make him more appealing this year. So I totally agree with the Russ. I totally agree with Russ being a buy as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, he would have been my honorable mention. I actually wanted to cover him, but there's somebody that we had to touch on because I think we both kind of put ourselves in the corner here. But I would have loved to touch on Russell. So you kind of already said everything I was going to about him. So I'm glad someone got in. I think new coaching is going to do wonders for him. And uh, yeah. I had to blame it on the coach last year, but Nathaniel Hackett was awful. He was, was yeah, awful. he was terrible. Yeah, he really it was, was awful. It was awful. But uh, collectively, Ryan, I mean, I also want to talk about one more guy. Uh, that would be T-Law. Um, okay. so with T-Law, with T-Law, we're talking about in the range, let's, let's say QB six, seven, eight in that range, depends on how you feel about Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields and the rushing upside there. Um, if I have a QB pegged that I think is going to take the most significant increase in their dynasty value, it would be T-Law for me. Um, we go back to, we go back to the rookie year, Urban Meyer just wasn't it. The fit didn't work. It was terrible. We then see the significant jump you want to see, the completion percentage, you know, significant jump there, 25 to eight touchdown inter 25 to eight touchdown interception ratio, the huge game, the huge playoff game and the comeback against the Chargers. Um, he looked a little overmatched in the Kansas City game at times, but what I saw from T Law, the addition of Calvin Ridley, uh, Doug Peterson likes to use multiple backs here too. So I like the addition of Tank Bigsby to this offense as well. There's just a lot of skill position players that I like collectively around Trevor Lawrence, and I want to buy him everywhere before his ADP and his dynasty value increases. Yeah, I like this one. I mean, he's already he's already really hard to acquire though. I've I've tried. 
it's yeah. very difficult. Right. He's already valued very highly. So it is tough. But he could take another jump this year. He really could take that jump to the elite tier this year. That's what I was going to touch on is like I don't like I don't really consider him a buy because like where do you have him like pegged like peak in dynasty? Because right now he's what he's he's gotta be going top eight quarterbacks in dynasty. He's gonna be seven or eight mostly. He'd be seven, seven, eight. So I guess my question is is like how much higher do you see him going above like a Justin Herbert or like above Justin Fields? Like it, I uh, think these rushing quarterbacks are kind of taking that extra step. I personally Personally, for my long-term game, I would take I would take Lawrence over over Justin Fields. I know the Konami Code QBs. I know how yeah, special totally. they are. But when I'm talking about a 10-year plus run of like elite QB play, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Trevor Lawrence. Um, and like you said, that third-year jump, this is gonna be the year where I think the jump is the most significant. If you remember going into year one and the year two, Justin Herbert's dynasty value increased. I mean, we were talking about Justin Herbert last year before the season and the injuries as a QB three drops down a little bit, you know. Terrible injury, you know, played through a lot. I think I think you could talk about Trevor Lawrence in that same in that same aspect. Um, yeah. do I, but do I see him throwing for five thousand yards like Jay Herb? Eh, depends on the depends on the passing attempts. But at the yeah. same time, I like the elite efficiency. He only threw eight interceptions last year. He was very very good at not turning the ball over. That's another key thing that I like as well. Well, I'm kind of in on rookie year when he threw like seventeen in his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say year two was a huge. I'm gonna say he only threw eight last year, so I was big. I was big on that. You know, that's another thing that stands out to me. I just I think that his dynasty value is going to increase. I really do. Yeah, well, I mean, you get the addition of Calvin Ridley. He already has that chemistry with Christian Kirk. So, like, and most of the time when a quarterback, a younger quarterback, gets like a high end receiver, which I consider Ridley to be, some don't, but um, I think he's got a chance to make another step. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if Ridley can get back to form after missing what. Two seasons, one and a half seasons. How you want to look at it? About two seasons, yeah. Yeah, about a year. It's really, yeah, it's really tough with Ridley. I think Lawrence. It really all depends on if Lawrence can really take that step into that next tier where he's like in the Joe. Because right now it's like Mahomes hurts Allen in their tier, and that's like Burrow Jackson in a tier, and then it's like Herbert Lawrence Fields or like Herbert sometimes in the Burrow tier. Like, like outside of Herbert, I mean, outside of Mahomes hurts and Allen, it gets a little messy. Uh, but I think Lawrence could take that next step where he's like, okay, this guy's definitely top four, top five in yeah. dynasty. I think it really all depends on Calvin Ridley and what he does in this offense. I'm personally yeah. betting against Calvin Ridley this year. I don't think, I mean, I was all in on him when, before he broke out, like I was like, I was a Calvin Ridley guy. And after a couple of years, it's just been brutal for him. Like with the mental health situation, with the betting and the gambling and coming back to a new team, a whole new offense. He's 28 years old. Now he'd be 29. I think he's 29 in December actually. Uh, I might not, I might not be remembering that right, but he is an older wide receiver now. I'm mm. a, I, I'm a little bit skeptical of Lawrence taking that step in that elite tier because he doesn't run the ball as much either. So I feel like it it all really depends on how really and I'm not betting on him massively, um, which is which is it's tough. I love Lawrence, but I just I think for fantasy he might always be like just outside. But, Fair um, enough. Yeah. Is well, there you know how we one? always have our guys, though. You know you got to have oh, your yeah. guys, and they, you know that's attached to your heart. So he he's yeah, one yeah. of me. So I, I'm going to bet on my guy. Is there if there's one more quarterback and can is there one more quarterback I can shout out? Is that cool? Shout it out, man. Yeah. All right. So there's one that I think I think I don't think I don't know if people are going to like this one. Actually, uh, there's a lot of people that are down this guy right now, and respectively so. I don't think I'm not saying this guy is going to be elite. I'm not saying this guy's going to be great. But hear me out. I think that Desmond Ritter might be a bit undervalued in fantasy football. <laughs> 
drafts. And right now he's ranked as my QB 24. <laughs> Deli loved it. Right now he's ranked as my QB 24 in Dynasty, which is not too far above his ADP. Right now he's around 28. Uh, so yeah. it's not massively, uh, not a massive difference. But I think there is a little bit of value to be had here with Desmond Ritter. I feel like people like, because some people like to bet on Jordan Love and bet on Sam Howell over this guy. And I'm just kind of mm -hmm. like, an, I'm a little bit worried about that because Desmond Ritter, when you look at the team around him, you got Drake London. Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson are that three that wide receiver running back wide receiver core that are that that tight end running back wide receiver core those three right there. Most trios in the NFL don't beat that. Like those yeah. three together are really really great, and he has arguably the best offensive line in the entire National Football League, right on him, and and it's all set up for him for to succeed. Like it yeah. really is. He has all the weapons in the world. He has all the opportunity to succeed. And I didn't love him as a prospect coming out, but even if he doesn't do great, even if he doesn't step up like we want him to be great, those three players and the offensive line are going to pad his stats up a little bit. He's going to be doing a little bit better. That even like he, I think he's going to outperform Sam Howell this year. He's going to outperform Jordan Love this year for fantasy. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he outperformed Mac Jones this year for fantasy either. Because Desmond Ritter, as well, people things people don't like to talk about with him is his running ability. In college, he put up 40 yards per game throughout his college career. That's a seven. I mean, if you do the math real quick, I had I had the number on another podcast. I shouted it out, and I couldn't remember the number. It was about 44 yards per game. If you put that on a 17-game pace, that's 748 rushing yards. Yeah, that's not. I'm not projecting that for him this year. Don't project that for him this year. But if he puts up like a 400 rushing yard season with a handful of touchdowns, I mean, that's a really, really yeah. nice pump you're going to get from Desmond Ritter. So if you want to have him as a QB three in dynasty, just sitting on your bench, I think he can fill in weeks for you as a QB two. And obviously the future for him is not very bright. The Falcons. Well, the thing is like the Falcons, their, their draft capital thing is going to be really concerning because I don't think they're going to be in a spot because they have a really good defense. They've had a lot of pieces this off season. They yeah, have a really good offensive core. Like they are a quarterback away from winning some real games, but they're yeah. not going to be in the position to yeah. pick a quarterback. Their team is too good. They're probably going to be around like a seven-win team, like the Commanders have been there for the past few years. They've had a really good team, but they don't have the quarterback, and they've been like a seven- nine-win team. I think that's where the Falcons are going to be this year. So they're not going to be in a position to pick a quarterback unless they sell the farm and sell everything to trade up to number two or number one and get one of these guys. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. We'll see. But if Desmond Ritter, with the core around him, puts up reasonable stats, like okay stats, it could be enough to save him his job and get him to the next season. Maybe they bet on a year three breakout from him. So I think Desmond Ritter is somebody that's being severely undervalued in Dynasty because people are saying that he is already toast. He's already done. This guy's played like four games. And in those games, he actually wasn't horrific. He, I, I think he only threw one interception. Or no, no, he didn't throw any interceptions, actually. No, he didn't. Did he throw, no, he didn't, Ryan. You would know How many throw any interceptions? He didn't throw no, many he touchdowns. Didn't. He didn't throw many interceptions. He was above a 65% completion rate in those four games. It's not bad. I, I think Devin Ritter is somebody that's undervalued. I think he's somebody that, it, as a QB3, as a dart throw, I'm very happy to take that dart. Yeah, yeah I'm actually awesome happy you brought him up. Uh, you said he didn't like him coming out as a prospect. I did. I spent a lot of, like, back-end seconds no, on, on Ritter. Um, so I own him in a lot of leagues for pretty cheap. Um, and you kind of touched on it, man. Like, with that offense, with Bijan taking attention away from the quarterback position, away from, away from Pitts, away from London – you get all these opportunities for him and all he really has to do is just take care of the football in this offense. And I think he'll be, he'll be fine. Now I don't think he's going to go out here and ball and end up being like a top 2015 quarterback. Yeah, I, bet, I bet hard against that. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to do that. But like you said, I mean, at QB3 price right now, I mean, that's where he's going. Uh, I don't I don't hate the value there at all. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest with you, too. When we talk about the Falcons and we talk about the, the running volume and the rushing volume that Arthur Smith projects and for this offense, he, only, he threw the ball 115 times in the four-game stretch. And, I mean, it came out to just under 30 attempts a game. I mean, for that, I mean, at the end of the day, like – that's not terrible volume, you know, when it comes to a QB three and a guy that you, like you guys said, needs to be a game manager just to save his job for the 2024 season. Like I said, I don't mind the Desmond Ritter price tag either. I mean, QB 24, like you said, I mean, that's, that's a decent price tag. No, for he's, QB3. Like, he's later than that. I haven't ranked his QB 24. He's going like, 28. Oh, he's like okay. 28. Yeah. He's later. Yeah. 28. Than yeah he's I think, late. Ryan, I think we had him what, like 26, 25. I don't know what he is. I have to pull it up. He's yeah. somewhere in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's go through this boys. Let's do a, uh, Ryan, I'll let you start with your QB cell and we'll, uh, and we'll go from there. All right. Um, so, uh, I kind of struggle with a little bit cells with quarterbacks, but I do kind of have one that kind of stands out to me. Uh, give me Derek Carr as a cell this year. A lot of, uh, a lot of these quarterbacks, when they get to different teams, they get that jump up. Now I've had I've drafted Derek Carr as a QB three on plenty of rosters, and if you can get like an Olave owner to pay QB two price for Derek Carr, I don't think he's like a fantastic quarterback. He normally finishes around the fifteen mark in full seasons. He had a pre-season last year. I think the offense that he's in in New Orleans actually gets a little bit worse than he had with the Raiders with Devontae and Jacobs. Now he has Olave and Kamara on the back end of his career. Um, I think if you can get, like I said, second round value for for uh, Derek Carr, I'm pulling the trigger on that. Uh, I I mean, like I said, I struggle with sales for quarterbacks because I don't QBs are king and superflex and dynasty the format that we play. It's but if I just said one, I'd definitely say Derek Carr. Yeah, I I would totally respect. Him. I mean, he's a he's a veteran and he's not really like. He's just not a guy that's ever taken that step really in fantasy yeah. and, you know, going into the new Saints offense, not a ton of weapons. And uh, you got a lot of concerning concerns there for Derek Carr. So I get it. But you said you want to sell him for a second round pick. In no, I was saying like, if you can sell him at like a QB two price, QB2. like I'm okay, saying yeah. last year, I was kind of, I would not sell him for a second. I'd keep him at that point. I would want a first oh, yeah. I would try to get a first in a super flex league. Cause you can get a first for most quarterbacks in a super flex league. They're just yeah. so valuable. But uh, yeah, if you can get a first for Derek Carr, I'd take that. I'd take that all day. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now Derek, Derek Carr is a weird QB to me. So like when we go back to the 2015, 2016 seasons and we're looking at it and we're talking about Derek Carr in the real life NFL MVP conversations, um, the, you know, at this point, pro bowler. yeah, it was a pro bowler. So at this point, we're also talking about a guy that never took that significant step that we thought he would yeah. take. Derek Carr has always been safe to me. He's a safe pick, but he's there's, there's weeks he may win you, but it's not very likely. He's just a safe QB two. And, you know, I mean, back like mid to back end QB2, it is what it is. But he does elevate the play of his wide receivers and tight ends. He's produced mm-hmm. five wide receiver ones in his career. I include Darren Waller in that conversation, wide receivers slash tight ends. Last three years, he's done it too. But so it's weird to me because I think Olave's play elevates due to Derek Carr. But at the same time, I know yeah. that Derek Carr is safe. And that's it. I don't have any league winning upside owning Derek Carr. You know what I mean? So I agree with you on the on the sell. But at the end of the day, what's the price tag you could sell Derek Carr for at 31 years old? That's my that's yeah, my it's tough. Well. 
I don't know if you can get it. I've seen I've seen them sold in a few leagues to a lot of the owners for a pretty decent price. I'd have to pull it up and find it, but I've seen them go for kind of expensive and kind of like, whoa. But uh, yeah, I mean, on top of that, he doesn't really offer much rushing upside. So really, you're just getting him as like a pure passer because he doesn't rush the ball. He never has, and I don't know. He's just never taken that step that we. Steven, like you said, hasn't taken that step yet. At this point in his career, I don't think he will. I, don't I think know. he's just safe. I think he's just safe. That's yeah. just what he is. He's safe. But I don't um, want. I don't want safe. Safe doesn't win you championships. Exactly. That's my. That's my whole thing. Exactly. That's my. That's my main point with Derek Carr. But it's weird too. Like I said, because he elevates his wide receiver and tight end play. It's weird. Well, I mean, if we're talking about the wide receiver conversation. It's it's different because, like you said, I mean, he elevates everyone. I expect Chris Olave to play significantly better than he did last year. But, I mean, that yeah. doesn't help me think of the quarterback position. Right. Yeah. Um, there's one QB that I am dying to talk about when he comes to my cell, um, that being Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Hear me out, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, we haven't seen – we're going five years and since we've seen the rushing floor that Dak offers – you know, he started his career with three straight six touchdowns or more on the ground. I'll offer you a pretty safe floor of about 300 to 350 yards. Uh, the ankle injury happens. Things significantly change for Dak Prescott. Significantly change. He plays safe. He, you know what I mean? He's not running the ball like he did. Um, and granted, it's not a whole lot of rushing volume, but it was enough to, to sneak in a couple of points here and there. And it was, it was, solid, it was a solid floor. We lose Kellen Moore. I like the addition of Cooks. That's fine. We lose Kellen Moore, who tends to work intermediate to deep parts of the field when he comes to his offensive play calling. We bring in Brian Schottenheimer. Then we bring in – we have Mike McCarthy, who's always been a, a run-first head coach. And then we talk about the games missed. Last year he only played 12 games. The year, Not the year before that, but two years ago. We're talking about only five games played with the ankle injury. And last year we're talking about the most turnovers he's ever had in his career. Um. So with that being said, it's just a guy that I think his value is diminishing very quickly. I remember three, I remember two to three years ago, we were talking about Dak as a top six dynasty QB. Now we're talking about Dak towards the back end. So I know the price blow, uh, softens the blow a little bit, but he's just a QB that I'm looking to avoid. Yeah, I think it, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say that. But the, the only problem is with me with me for selling Dak Prescott is the fact that, you know, you want to say they are going to run more. But I, I don't I don't know how much that's gonna happen because the Cowboys lost to Zeke Elliott last year and they did not replace him. Like they they lost 230 carries and they added wide receivers. They added Brandon Cooks. I mean, they lost Elton Schultz, but they did add Brandon Cooks. They drafted a couple tight ends. Like they have a couple they added a couple of receiving pieces and only lost running pieces. When you look at that for an NFL team, that usually shows more pass attempts. Well, I do agree the coaching staff probably is gonna seem more run heavy. The transactions of the team are showing us they want to pass the ball more because they're not going to give Tony Pollard 200. I mean, I think it'd be unrealistic for them to give Tony Pollard 275, 300 carries because that's the pace they need to give him for them to keep the same rushing pace. If they want to keep the same running pace as last year, they'd have to give Tony Pollard like 275, 300 carries. And they'd have to give Malik Davis a few, Ron Jones a few. And we don't even know if Ron Jones is going to make the team, let alone get carries in this offense. Like, Yeah, I don't think he makes a team either. I, like unless they add a veteran back, like if they add a Dalvin Cook, then the run first team is going to happen. Or if they bring back Zeke, if they bring in Fournette or Hunt, maybe that could come back. But for now, I'm thinking this offense is actually going to pass some more. So Dak Prescott's somebody for me that I'm I haven't been ranked as my quarterback ten, which is 
around ADP. So I'm fine with him. Yeah. I understand yeah. the coach, the coaching stats does concern me though. They want to run the ball. I just don't think they're going to be able to with their current offense. They're passing more is going to be the smart choice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, is there anybody you were looking to sell at your QB position? So for me, I think you actually mentioned this guy as a buy before the show. I think I see him, I see him as a sell personally. I just don't really – I just don't see him getting back to where he was a few seasons ago, and that's Deshaun Watson. I just don't want a part of him. I really don't. I mean, I, I really don't see him getting back to where he was a couple of years ago after all the media and what's going on with him and, you know, all the all the stuff that's happened with him. It's ridiculous. But – and then – and then the fact that he hasn't played football in a couple of years, it's really, really hard to say that Sean Watson's just going to come back in here and be an elite fantasy asset again. Like it's really, really difficult just to, just to put that in there. And especially when you watched him last year, like he wasn't just like, Oh, he wasn't great. He's a little rusty. No, 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 no. No, he was bad. He, was he wasn't bad. a starting quarterback. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't playing football at an NFL level. He's yeah. playing football at like, He's playing football on like XFL level. Like really. Yeah. He just was not playing football at NFL level. He was really a horrific player. Right. And I just don't want I just don't think that we see Deshaun Watson get back to that elite stage again. And also, I don't I don't like to put this into it because you know it's it's not like I don't I don't love to put this into him, but it's hard to root for him too. Because of all the stuff he's done. It's it's yeah, really difficult to root for him. I don't like to put that into it, but I don't like to put that into it because, you know, fantasy football is not always like I just don't like the players. So I won't draft them. It's not how it works sometimes. Sometimes they're a valuable player. But Deshaun Watson's seriously a player that I'm seriously concerned about that I don't think he's going to get to that next stage again. I just don't think he's going to get there. So I've, I'm I'm not I've not touched him in a dynasty league. Yeah, I don't I personally. Well, two notes. One, I can't believe I, I'm not selling Dak. Just to go back to that real quick, I yeah, just want to say, that. personally on my side, I don't want to sell Dak. Um, Trevor, God, she's almost said Trevor Lawrence again, my lord. Um, God, I'm off now. Who are we just talking about? Good lord, thank you. Oh my God, my brain just went blank. Holy hell, I apologize, boys. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, I don't want anything to do with him either. For the most part, his price tag is pretty. High, considering people kind of want to sell him for that for that QB five like price that he was before. So I don't I don't know want to take the chance. Like you said, he looked awful last year. He had a couple of games where like okay, you saw glimpses, but until he gets out in the field, I don't want to buy him for the price he's at right now. No. Yeah, yeah I mean, so let's talk about his. I mean, let's talk about his ADP. It's what anywhere from nine to like twelve in that range, depending on how you feel. Yeah, he's in that range. Yeah. I will say though. I will say, though, especially when we're talking about the red zone play from Deshaun Watson, it was bad. I mean, they, you know, we talk about the stall drives from them. He had a 39% completion percentage in the red zone. He, I want to say from that time he came back from that, he was, he, he was top three in the NFL in red zone turnovers. It was really bad from Deshaun Watson. So I do agree. Um, I did mention him as a buy, though. And, I'm, and I do think that, like, in the slim glimmer of hope that he does return to the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson status. Um, I mean, I remember he hasn't played football in two years. Um, I know he's a hard guy to root for, but at the end of the day, we've seen Deshaun Watson play in the NFL at an elite level. Um, I don't think it's unrealistic and out of and out of you know it's unrealistic to talk about that it's a possibility that he gets back to that level. Maybe no, it's not maybe, unrealistic at all. Yeah, I would just bet against it. I, I no, 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 that's fine. I, I completely understand it. Um, 
but the, and I mean, I guess you're right too because at the end of the day, it's it's tough to buy a player at that high of a price tag and gamble on a right because yeah. yeah. because man, like you're because when you're in a dynasty draft, especially a super flex, when you take a quarterback like this, you are established. Like when you draft a top twelve quarterback, you are establishing like this is one of my cornerstones. Like this is my guy. Deshaun Watson yeah. is one of those players where it's like this could completely fall on its face. Like I would not be surprised if after this season, Deshaun Watson's not ranked as a top 20 dynasty quarterback would not shock me in the slightest because he could play mediocre football and he would be destroyed in EP absolutely demolished. Like he would just be sunk so far because the Browns would be a bad team at that point. Amari Cooper's aging like that would just sink him so far. Nick Chubb is aging as well. That would sink him so far in the dynasty rank because if he has another mediocre season, which I honestly think he's getting. I, th- I think he might have. So, because Ivan ranks my QB 13 right now, I really want to move him down behind the two rookies, Bryce Young and Sheeta Stroud, that I still have ranked behind him. I want to move him down there. I also think I might. I might even take Dino Jones. I seriously might. I, that's something I even. I would even consider. Uh, Dan, I mean, he's just the, the running quarterback that that's really good for fantasy. I think that's crazy. He's a hot. I think that's a really big hot take, but uh, it's something I would at least consider. I don't think I'd do it. I think at the end of the day, I'd probably take Deshaun, but. I am. I'm just out on Deshaun. I don't think he's going to get back there. If I could yeah, touch on one more quarterback, real quick. Oh, go absolutely. Go for it. Um, just uh, just like a situational standpoint. Look, I know this guy. He's got best receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson. They just added Jordan Addison. They added T.J. Hawkinson. They got rid of Dalvin Cook. So everything points to a solid season out of Kirk Cousins. I think that's more of a reason really to sell him more than the moment. Yeah, because he where he finished QB six. That was his best finish in the last five years. Um, we don't even know if he's going to be on this Vikings team next year. This is his last year on the contract. So I think if you can get any high end value for uh, for Kirk, I think I think go for it. Uh, get out before the wheels fall off. Uh, I I don't know if the Vikings are going to commit another contract or I don't know if they will. They might be because the thing is we're talking about him having a really, really nice season next year because the past times could go up because they lost a running back. They added a right. first-round wide receiver. If he has a really good season, the Vikings might have no choice. If the Vikings like make the playoffs, maybe get a playoff win, like they might not have no choice because the 2024 free agent class, I don't know, I don't know if you guys have looked at it, is pretty bad. Like it's bad. And the Vikings don't have draft capital. They're not going to have it. So they're not going to be in a position where they're going to be able to get a quarterback unless they literally traded like five first round picks to get to their one overall pick. Like they're just not going to be able to get there right now. So taking or maybe you know what? Maybe they could trade for there might be a couple quarterbacks on the trade block next year. You look at Kyler Murray if uh they draft Caleb Williams. There's a couple quarterbacks they could trade for, but Overall, the quarterback choices are going to be very slim for the Cardinals. They're not going to be plentiful. And Kirk Cousins is going to have a really good season. You might be, they might have their hands forced uh, to re sign him, maybe right. to a franchise tag again, uh, which he would make. He's made so much money off the franchise tag. It's ridiculous. So, much but, so yeah, I, I do agree. Kirk Cousins' time is coming to an end. I think you have like a, maybe a one, you probably have this year, maybe ne- another year window. That's probably it. But if you're a contender, I actually think Kirk Cousins is a decent buy because people are really, just low on him and dice because he's he's older and people are seeing that next year he could be gone. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a it's been a great buy sell. I appreciate you know both of you guys being here. Uh, last thing before before you know we get out and we allow you to you know talk about where we can find your content again. I saw a tweet from you the other day. Um, it was retweeted and it was about um 
you doing a fantasy league with your with your dad. Can you explain that a little bit? Oh, I, I'd love to. Yeah, me and my dad, um, we're starting a league this year. Uh, I don't. The name is still like up for debate, but um, we're we're trying to start a fantasy league this year about parents and kids bonding over fantasy football. So what we've been able to do. We're coming together with two leagues, and I think they're already filled. We still have a couple people waiting to click the invite link that I sent them. We're still waiting on that, but it's pretty much completely filled. But uh, it, and I'm not I'm not making any more leagues. We have two leagues, and I can't commission more than two. I just can't do it. But um, basically, what what the league is about is about a parent and their kid, or multiple kids, or multiple parents, whatever you want to do, and they co-manage a team together in this league, and then we have ten to twelve people. 10, 12, well, 10 to 12 uh, pairs of people join together in a fantasy league. And it, it doesn't matter. It's not fathers and sons. It could be, you know, mothers, daughters, fathers, daughters, mother, mother, son, whatever it wants to be. You know, it could be anything you want it to be. And uh, we're, we're just trying to create bonding moments over fantasy football and just create a love for the game for our kids at a young age. It's funny, though, because you might think that that was the story with me and my dad. I actually got my dad into fantasy football. My dad did not know anything, barely knew anything about football before I started playing. So I actually got him into it rather than the other way around, which is kind of funny. Usually people assume the other thing. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just trying to create, you know, love for the game of football and for fantasy football at a young age. That's really what the point of the league is. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, for how much we love fantasy football, um, my story is flipped. My dad, I started playing fantasy football because of my dad 16, almost 17 years ago. So it's a love, you know, and he still plays to this day. Uh, he's not as into it as we are, obviously. He can't keep up with, you know, multiple dynasty leagues, you know, redraft leagues. But it's still cool that, you know, he'll call me, text me over football. It's a great time. I think that's a great thing you're doing for the community. So I want to say congratulations to that. And I also want to say congratulations oh, you, to you appreciate and Luke uh, for your podcast starting. You thank know, you. Great. Yeah, appreciate it, man. That means a lot. And I, I really appreciate you giving me the platform to talk about that. Yeah, like, it was crazy. I, like, when I tweeted that, I did not think people would have so much interest. And I got, like, I got, like, 40 replies and like 10 dms of people saying like hey we need to get in this league and i'm like yeah. i can't do yeah. this guys yeah. i can't do this like i'm not scott fish i can't host this giant tournament this year i just can't do it this year but uh it's it's really fun to see all the interest and see the people coming together with this i'm hoping that down the line this could be become a bigger thing that'd be really cool yeah absolutely um before we get out of here man can you uh can you tell the people again where we can find your content and where we can find you out on twitter so yeah, you guys go follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Hutchinson B underscore FF. My handle is right on the username here on uh, Streamyard here on the stream. And uh, yeah, I do content with football guys. And looking, at, I was actually like like right before the show started, I was looking at my emails. I got some emails from them from them about being more in their YouTube channel. So keep an eye out for that. They've been working around things with their YouTube channel. And I think I might be on there more. So keep an eye out for that. I uh, write with DLF, and uh, I mean I have my podcast with Luke Sawhook. And I have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash clutch hutch, my link is the link is in my uh, Twitter bio. You can find it there. And yeah, it's pretty much all the content I do. I mean, I'm all over the place. And if you ever have questions for fantasy football, just tag me in a tweet or DM me. My DMs are are open, I believe. At least I might have done it wrong, but I believe they're open. Uh, you can DM me any fantasy football question I'd love to answer for you. Awesome. Ryan, before we get out of here, man, you know, say what's up to the people. Say your spiel, baby. It's your time. Yeah, always. Uh, yeah, thanks for being here again for this podcast. Um, just super excited to get into the buy sells. Thanks, Hutch, for coming in this pod. Um, honestly, just big shout out to you real quick. Uh, 16 in this, yeah. uh, in, yeah. this, in this world is insane. I couldn't imagine being appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Out there. Um, I know there's more of a platform now than I was when I was 16, but still, just to like put yourself out there. 
be successful at an early age really sets you up for the long term. So I think you got a lot of special things coming for you. You already got a lot going on. So just big shouts to you coming on today, taking your time. Thank you, man. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad for people listening. Uh, get this series started. Like I said, this is my favorite time of the year, buys and sells. Can't get mm-hmm. into the water receivers, which is where I really shine. Hopefully we'll do that next podcast, but it's still up to debate. But like always, love you guys. Love everybody that supports us. Uh, glad to have you here. Just as like a building block for our future. Yeah. Uh, again, I'd like to give a shout out to our platforms, uh, RPO Football. We appreciate you guys and Yards Per Fantasy. You guys are awesome. You guys are the reason we do this. Uh, and of course, obviously the fans. We appreciate you guys. And on that note, we are out. <laughs>